Welcome to the Coop Tank. I'm your host, Steve Cooper, coming to you from Sweet Recording in beautiful Mount Laurel, New Jersey. You know, people, if you have a podcast, a video cast, an audio book, hell, even if you need a studio built, Sweet Recording is a place for you. Joe Ganjami not only does a great job, but he's a great guy and he's honest. So reach out to them. Check out their website, Sweet Recording, S-U-I-T-E, recording.com, or email them at hello at sweetrecording.com. Anyway, we're back with the roundtable. I got some of my friends on, some uh, some movers and shakers in the business world in South Jersey and Philly area. And my uh, we have, first of all, we have from Collingswood and Haddon Heights Living and Collingswood Listens Podcast, we have Grace Hopper. How you doing, Grace? Hi, Steve. Thanks for having me. You got it. And we have from payday employer solutions amanda records this podcast right in the studio millennial outliers we have justin deal how you doing justin doing amazing steve thanks for having me this morning and finally a man who doesn't have a podcast but he's not only a fractional ceo but he is the man and the myth and the legend behind the alternative board of southern new jersey it's joe allweiler how you doing joe great steve thanks for having me so we're going to start off, I'm going to ask all of you, just to, I'm going to go around the room, we're going to say what we do, and what makes us different, and you know, why we love what we do, basically. And I'll start with you, Grace. Sure. Uh, so I own Collingswood Living and Heights Living magazines. This is a, a picture of Collingswood. Um, it's a direct mailer that goes to the community, sharing content, um, really about the residents that live there, uh, keeping them abreast about their neighbor and anything that's that's trending in town. But part of my business is twofold because in addition to putting together meaningful content for the Camden County neighborhoods, I also help businesses um, maintain visibility uh, with their target markets with both a print and digital reach. And so Collingswood Living was kind of the starting point for that. And then we've added a lot of other bells and whistles with the digital world uh, and so on. But that's pretty much what I do in a nutshell. Great. Okay. And how about you, Justin? Uh, so I'm a VP of Payday Employer Solutions. Uh, so we start by alleviating the payroll headache for most uh, business owners. They branch out depending on what their needs are from HR to pensions to benefits, time and attendance, onboarding, things of that nature. And the big differentiator is just actually picking up the phone. You know, it's, it's a shame that it's that simple, but in a lot of these other companies in that industry, it's really about call centers and pushing people to use the technology. We're still a little old school. We, we still like to talk to people and help them uh, solve problems. And how about you, Joe? Uh, yeah, I own the company called The Alternative Board. Uh, I work with business owners and CEOs. I help them do their strategic planning, help them build out a plan for their business. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching, and then I bring them together on boards. I've got three boards of eight to 10 business owners and we meet once a month. Everybody talks about a, a topic, something that's going on in their business in those meetings and gets feedback from everyone else around the table. So it's it's kind of a peer board arrangement. Uh, it's a sounding board for business owners. And then I'm a fractional CFO, not CEO, but CFO. So I help businesses um, with their budgeting, forecasting, everything that a CFO would do uh, full-time for a business. I do that part-time for them. Uh, and most business owners don't really focus as much on the financials as they should. So um, I help them focus on them. Okay, cool. I want to start off with, okay, I'm, 
I'm new, I'm I'm newlywed. Four years, I'll be married. I don't have children. I know all of you have children, okay? And we've I asked you before, various ages from two to twenty-two. So we're really covering the whole spectrum. I want to ask you, when you've started your business or when you go to work, for me, I have to worry about myself and my wife. How hard is it? Does it and does it put pressure on you when you know going to work, you know you want to give your kids good things, so you have to succeed. I mean, I, I take that from all of you. You don't sit there and go, oh, you know, I want my kid to wear, you know, hand-me-downs. There's nothing wrong with hand-me-downs, but you don't want to do that. But how how do you deal with that pressure? And do you put extra pressure on yourself because you have kids? And we'll start with you, Grace, because you have two, five and 11, very different ages, different points in their life. How do you, do you feel pressure that you have to do well so you can give them a life you want to give them? Sure. I mean, I, there's definitely some of that. I think ultimately, you know, at the end of the day, my family and my kids are, you know, my why and the reason that I get up and I hustle as hard as I do, because the reason that I do everything I do is because I love my kids and my husband more than anything in the world. Can, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, just you're, you're smacking the table. So uh, don't oh, smack I apologize. Um, yeah, so I think that it, you know, helps me to keep a very strong work ethic because in addition to feeling the pressure, I'm, I'm a role model to two girls uh, and I want to show them, I brought them to the office today that, you know, mommy works really hard and that you can be a woman and you can be strong and you can be in the world um, in business and to just kind of do less talking and more showing. So that's, of great value to me and um yeah it's super meaningful and it's the reason it's the reason i do what i do each day hey how about you joe because your kids are a little older and i know you recently started tab you haven't been uh, you haven't been there that long right was it easier for you to start when your kids were older even though you probably sent them to college but what was uh -huh. it what is it for like you having your kids have grown up when you had your job or used to be and now yeah. where you are now does that put added pressure on you to succeed yeah i mean um i i guess i don't i'm not looking at the pressure side of it i think i'm in a different spot because um they're older when i did start this business but what what was happening is i was commuting to manhattan i was working for for nbc and I was missing out on a ton of things because I was, you know, working most of the time. And that was one reason why I did leave and go into doing what I'm doing now to actually be able to be around more and more involved in their things. So um, it was more about the time spending with them. It wasn't about the pressure of being able to support them. Uh, but it's certainly something that, you know, it's always in the back of your mind. You want to do well for your family. And I just put one through college. She just graduated this year. But she wants to go to med school, so that's who knows where that's going. Um, and then the others uh, going into her sophomore year at St. Joe's. So, um, yeah, I, I think to Grace's point, um, you know, you're that that's why you do what you do for your family. You want to succeed and, and provide. So it's always there in the back of my mind, but it's not, um, you know, forefront all the time. Well, how about you, Justin? You have as many kids as those two combined. So yeah, you have four. I mean, from you have two, you have twins, which I always think, well, when you have twins, when you have a job and you're thinking you have a one kid, what happens when you have twins? Do you go like, shit, okay, now I got to work a little harder because there's two instead of one? Or tell me about it, how is it with your kids? Because they're very young and you're a young guy. You're like 30, what, 32, 33? I appreciate that, 36, but I'll take that all day. <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, so speaking on the twins, so we have another one in our family, my wife or myself. So to say it was a surprise is another statement. My wife actually popped into my office to show me the ultrasound when that 
uh, kind of being found and being a financial guy, as you can imagine, I kind of already knew what I was doing for the second kid, but out of nowhere, within a minute, it was like, wow, I'm going from not one to two, but to three. Uh, and, you know, zone defense automatically as parents. So things were crazy there. But the fortunate part was that you know, we were five years into business by the time I had my first child. So a lot of those 80 and 100 hour weeks were behind me at that point, And I could be more present through a lot of it. But to the initial question, you know, pressure is honestly, it's a privilege, right? Like the, I love the fact that it rests on my shoulders to provide for my family, to be that leader, to be you know, the person who steps up and you know, brings in the vacant, so to speak. Um, but like everybody else said, they are the why, having four kids, two of mine are on the uh, autism spectrum as well. So, you know, brings some different challenges in life and we have therapists and things that come through the house. So schedules, you know, as chaotic or maybe a little bit more than most, but it's, uh, it's a nonstop reminder, A, just to be grateful for the things that we have every day and you know, what I get to do and get out of my house and, and develop with other businesses. But uh, yeah, like I said, it's, it's a privilege to, to have that pressure and to be able to provide and do things every day. Will, will you adopt me? God, I, 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 can, I, can I stay with you for a while? I'm, well, I'm going to follow up that question with this, because when I lived in L.A., you know, I didn't I wasn't married. And then my wife ended up moving out with me. But I could go out and network and do what I want and drink and have fun. And I had no one to answer to, not to answer to, but with you, what's it like when, cause you all go out, you all network, you're all busy, you know, Grace, you with the rotary, Joe, you're always out and about, you know, Justin, you have harvest and your podcast and all this. How do you deal with when your kids say, mom, mom, or dad, I don't, I don't want you to go. I, I, I want you to stay home. How hard is it to leave? I mean, they don't understand at a young age that it's, you're going out to make money so they can get stuff and for you to be happy. But for you, Joe, how was it when your kids were young, when you had to go to Manhattan every day, was it hard to sit there when they're leaving and they're like, dad, dad, you know, I, I want you to do this. I mean, how hard is that as a parent when you know, also you are, you're a business person too. So you have to really juggle it. How hard is that? Yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, it's, it's certainly hard. You don't, you know, want to leave. You'd love to be able to stay and be around them as much as you can. Um, I think, you know, you eventually, you, you talk to them, you explain to them what you're doing and they start to get it um, that, you know, hey, dad goes to work each day. That's what he does. Um, and, you know, I see him in the morning. I see him at night. I see him on the weekends. Um, and, you know, I think over time they get to it. It's been a long time since, you know, <laughs> since they're 18 or 19 and 22 now. Um, so Grace and, and Justin could probably talk even more to it because they're in it. Um, but I think you just, you know, you just be real with them. You tell them what's going on and they, they get it and they get used to it. Grace, what, what, what's your thought, Grace? Well, I think it's twofold as a business owner because in a sense, yeah, I miss things, um, but I'm also able to call myself on Thursday and say, hey, can I take the kids to the beach for four days? And and I say yes to myself and we go. So while there's moments that maybe I'm missing, ultimately I took this leap into working for myself because it gave me the flexibility so that like some of us on this call have already said, you know, there's really nothing that I want to do that I miss at this point in my life. That's kind of behind me, you know, working for other people. So that's been a major advantage to working for myself. And then in addition to that, I mean, I have a spouse at home on deck who who works from home, but he's, I mean, I'm just super grateful to be in a spot where I can go out and really flourish and grow my business. And I don't have to ever 
think about if my kids are thriving in good hands. My husband is just is absolutely incredible and I owe everything to him. All right. How about you, Justin? Yeah, similar to Grace, so my wife, she's a stay-at-home mom, so she's uh, there with the kids constantly. We have them in a lot of activities, so she gets her breaks as well. But I do, I constantly have those conversations with my kids. Fortunately, we do travel a lot, so it's I always push that work hard, play hard mentality. But I really let them know, like, hey, you know, daddy's doing this Monday through Friday to provide the undivided attention for the weekends, and that's only going to be for so long. You know, I, I have a seven-year plan personally. And I share that with them that, you know, eventually it's going to be 20 or 30 hours a week of business and the rest of it will be for them. And what I would say is probably some of the most important years of their life. Okay. Well, I'm going to talk about networking now because we all network. I know we're always out there and uh, I'm, I'm sort of in a networking rut right now. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit bored of it. I'll be honest with you. I think anytime when you do a lot of networking, it's like anything, you get bored and you see the same people and you're like, you know what? I'd rather sit at home and watch, you know, the bear or whatever TV show just came out, which the bear came out last night. And it was really good. The music's great. But how do you deal with when you're in a networking rut? How do you pull yourself out of it? Because it's so important these days. You know, I mean, no, Justin, you said, you know, you're on the phone, but Cole Klung, you're also a good networker and your mom's been in business for a long time. People know you. So it's, you have that advantage because you have networked the whole time. But what do you do when you get in a rut? Do you ever get in a rut or are you going to sit there and say, oh, I love networking all the time? Because when people say that, I think they're full of shit. I'm just going to say, you know, you, it's like anything. I love watching the Phillies, but I can't watch them every day. But for you, Justin, do you, what do you do when you get in a rut for networking? Yeah, so when I get into those ruts, it's really, I try to focus back on what value am I bringing to the room, right? Because it's always, it kind of reignites you when you realize you make a difference in somebody else's life or somebody else's business. You make that connection, that recommendation, whatever it is. But, you know, I'm fortunate. I host a lot of my own events as well. So I kind of get to cherry pick who I want in the room, how I want to coordinate that. So, you know, I would agree some of the rooms get a little stale because it's definitely the same faces. And, you know, I think to shake that up, I really, I try to force myself to go find the people I haven't met in that room. So again, just figure out how I can, you know, continue to bring the value into that room. Cause I don't know about everybody else, but that's, that's really what keeps me kind of going is it's like a challenge of who do you need to know? Are they in my network? And if not, it gives me something else to kind of go obsess over and find whatever this niche market is. You know, what's amazing about all three of you is anybody can be a client almost for you except well joe you, you i mean uh joe you go for smaller companies pretty much but what is it like when you're going in and it's true you can go to an event and you know you can get a client right there because they go oh my god we don't have a board we need it for you joe do you do you ever get a little uh, i don't feel like going to this event and if you do how do you break out of it or how do you actually end up going to the event and looking enthusiastic because you never want to look like you know a lump yeah. in the corner no, you're, I see, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. So I'm, I'm really horrible. If I'm not feeling it, you're going to see that I don't feel it. And I've actually been at a networking event and left because I just didn't feel it. You know, like I was there for a half hour and I said, I just don't feel it. And I left, um, it only happened once. So I, what I've been doing is, is kind of reducing the number of events I'm going to and really trying to pick the ones, you know, that, seem to make sense for me to go to, but also not going to, to as many because it really does, you can get in a rut. And I'm, so to prevent that, I just, I, I'm slowing down how many I go to. Uh, I was just at an event uh, two nights ago. It's fantastic. The room was great. A lot of good people. I just felt the energy and it was, it, it was awesome. 
uh, made some real good new connections. I just threw a happy hour last night with all my members. Um, so we just had a great time just connecting all of them and, and them networking. So um, yeah, I, I, I can't fake it. So I, I leave if, if I'm not feeling it. Uh, and I just reduced the, the number I go to. That's really good because a lot of people do fake it. You know, a lot of people yeah. just go and you're like, you know, and you know, they're full of shit. A lot of them, they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're telling you stuff. They're always telling you about their uh, referral partners. Well, you know, damn well, they don't have any referral partners or so give them referrals. And I try to tell them if you're just yourself and yeah. you're sincere, you will get referrals because people will like you. Now with you, Grace, how are you in networking? Because you network, but not as much as these guys are like hardcore. These guys are like yeah. out there, but yeah. you, you never, what is it like for you? Well, look, I'm still trying to master my craft with that. I think Joe made some really good points about quality over quantity. It's actually really funny because I was with Justin Deal in his office last week and I was like, Justin, what do I do? What's the quality over quantity? Like I'm always trying to keep an ear to the streets of, you know, how am I actually out there in a way where I'm making relationships that are meaningful, that are going to have longevity versus just going and having a bunch of surface level chats at the chamber. Like that's not adding a lot of value for me and really what I do in my business. It's really about making connections that are meaningful. Um, the Rotary is something that I got involved in and I, I love it. I mean, I haven't written a ton of business from it, but it was something that just totally takes the pressure off because you're there to, to do good in the community. But through that vehicle, I've made so many incredible connections in town. And I think I've really been able to show up in a way that people understand that I'm not just here to extract money. I'm here to, to show up and be a part of the conversation and give back. And again, going back to the role modeling for my kids, it's it's been really special for me to get to show them like mom's going to get up and go clean, you know, uh, the park today on Saturday. Uh, mom's, you know, going to partner with Larry with Book Smiles and we're going to help bring books to, you know, impoverished neighborhoods of South Jersey, like really putting that into play. And so that's been a way that I've kind of leveraged this networking angle is through this kind of meaningful work and then finding people in the community that I respect. Like Steve, when I met you, I sat next to you at a chamber and I knew that you had some great nuggets to offer. I mean, just kind of your motto is be yourself. And so I'm learning through some of the people that I respect, admire in business and trying to just take a page out of their book and be real. And I think that people respond to it. So, but again, I'm still learning, obviously. Well, how important is community to you, Grace? I mean, how and, and what made you decide that community is important? Because a lot of people don't get involved with the community. You know, I don't do enough. My wife does a lot of stuff. You know, she's a sexual assault victim. She speaks at colleges. She speaks at different things. She's been on TV. Me, I mean, I'll, I'll at Christmas time, I'm the typical hypocrite. I'll get like $20 worth of dollar good stuff and give it to the food shelter. But I don't do enough. And I know that. And I want to change that. But why is community important to you? And, and what made you want to get involved with it, Grace? Oh, well, you know, years ago, I don't think I would have said it was important to me, right? But as I've gotten older, I mean, number one, my business is all about community. I joke like I'm the mayor of Collingswood. I have to show up in a way that people see that I care about the town. This is, you know, this town is my livelihood. It's my blood, sweat, and tears. So there's that aspect of it. But it's also, as I've gotten older, it doesn't feel good to just take. Like, I actually have come to a place where I was sitting in my bed with my husband a year ago, and I'm like, I want to do something that is meaningful, that's adding value, where I feel good about, you know, just taking for you, you, you. It doesn't bring a ton of joy and fulfillment for me to just, so, so communities become bigger 
in the sense that finding out from doing the wrong things by not giving back, by not immersing myself, I'm the best version of myself when I'm showing up and I'm caring about the community. And, you know, Collingswood's become my home away from home. I spend more time here than I do because I live in Philadelphia where there's really no sense of community. So I've really found that in, in Collingswood and Heights and Camden County. Um, and it's been really special. Okay, how, how about you, Justin? Because I know you're involved in Harvest. And I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I was at that dunk tank and, uh, you know, you, you were really good with your kids. You know, a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of kids there and I'm like, I'm just in a dunk tank. I'm like, Oh my God, there's so many kids here. I'm not used to this, but you're not, that's a compliment. You're a really good father. You're really patient with your kids. And I know through harvest and stuff like that, you do get involved in the community, but what is it because you have some kids, maybe because one year has a special needs. Is, is that why it really got you back into giving to the community so you can help people also maybe understand autism or what got you into giving back so much? Honestly, it was I I just always grown up with my family. My mother specifically has always been like that community driven and always showed us like what we were fortunate to have and what others kind of lack. So I actually I coached football when my first daughter was born in town. It was something I was a four sport athlete. I am now raising my family in the same town I grew up in. So I wanted to give back in that way. I was coaching and I was a D1 player. So I figured the kids would relate to me. I was still young. And my wife would be like, you have no kids on the field. Like, what are you doing? And I just said, I'm like, that's what this is all about. And then once we had kids, you know, that old saying that it takes the village, I started to realize how important I was to have all these dots connected. And, you know, as you had alluded to, having children on the autism uh, spectrum, you know, especially your first, you already, there is no book on parenting. You're not really sure what's happening. Your head's spinning. And we started to jump into some of these groups and we very quickly realized that with Gianna being high function, that we were actually kind of hurting the other parents who maybe whose kids were nonverbal and things of that nature. So we're like, you know, this probably isn't our support route. But, you know, I just, I always want to help people up. So being a, a big member of the community, whether it be to your point with Harvest, trying to help other people, you know, further develop themselves, or, you know, just a lot of things I try to do with mentoring. You know, I go back into our high school. I help with the DECA program. I'm very big on the next generation because I, I've always vowed I didn't want to be that old guy who just constantly complained about the next generation. I'd rather put my hand out and help pull them up and help mold them to a better generation than just sit there and criticize. It's funny. I'm, I'm the get off my lawn guy, but I like helping younger people, though. And that's the truth. I, I will help young people because I think it's very important. How about you, Joe? What what do you do? What's your role in community and what made you get involved? Yeah, so uh, it's interesting. When I was in corporate, I, I did get involved. We always had days of giving and we'd go out into the community and, and give back and volunteer. And then when I started my business, I got so immersed in building the business. And I was just focused on building the business and and I've been helpful, you know, working with small business owners and medium-sized business owners, really helping them. And that's been, you know, something that I felt like I was giving back in that way, but realized that, you know, that's one piece of it. And then it's the community's the next thing. And so that's the the next thing I'm focused on is getting all of my business owners together in some way that we can all give back to the community. So it's funny, I was just talking to uh a couple different organizations on where we can go and whether we're serving food or preparing meals. Uh, I was just talking to Ronald McDonald House. Maybe that's uh, an area that we can do that. Um, you know, there's a couple kitchens in Camden as well. So 
that's been that's one of the goals that I have for this year is to organize an event with all the business owners to do that. You know, Justin, you uh, you just mentioned mentoring, and I think you know at any age you can mentor people, but you can also be mentored. You know, I I will sit there. You know, I if someone I talk to young people all the time because I go, you know, what what is you what are you guys doing to you know, make this happen or this, or, you know, Grace, you had mentioned TikTok. And I said, I do a stupid character, but I see people doing TikTok and stuff like that. How important is it to not only mentor, but also be mentored? And I'll start with you, Joe, because you work with a lot of business owners. So I'm sure even though you're, you're helping them, I'm sure they can come back and help you in some way. Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm always learning. That's what I love about what I'm doing. So in my background, I did strategic planning and I was a CFO at NBC. So I had that corporate experience, um, but I also ran a business for seven years back in early 2000s. So I had that entrepreneurial side too. Uh, so I, I bring that to them, but every, so I work with over 30 businesses and they're all different kinds of businesses, all different people. And I learn something new every day. Um, and I share it with other people too, whether it's not, you know, details of exactly something in a business, but it's, it's the concepts, it's the ideas. Um, I think I'm constantly introducing people to, you know, if I learn uh, that there's a, a business that can help another business, I'll connect them. So uh, I'm mentoring them, uh, I'm learning from them, but I also use a business coach myself uh, because I know I don't know everything. I need somebody else to be a sounding board for me too. So uh, I think no matter where you are in life and in your career, you could always benefit from having a mentor or a coach. How about you, Grace? So that's a huge part of my business. I have a coach that I talk to multiple times a day. A lot of it's for me is just being able to mentally regurgitate things that happen out in the world. So I can kind of continue to keep my head right. And then, you know, being that I came into this community cold as a stranger in the winter of the pandemic a lot of people treated me a lot of different ways. Some were nice and some were just downright assholes. And you don't really forget, you know, the way that people treat you. And I'll never forget it. And there's people who I look at now, I see them. I'm like, I'll never forget how big of a dick you were when I called. Like, it just stays with you forever. And so I vowed to never be that person. And that when people come and they're new to this community, I always want to be a helping hand because you just never know how down the road that's going to hit you back. And I think a lot of business owners, maybe not a lot, but there's definitely, they're out there. They're very short-sighted of that. And um, so when we talk mentorship, I'm always, I, I'm always trying to remember the way that I remember certain people treated me very kindly and they would have taken their shirt off their backs. Like I want to be known as that type of person in the community where I'm, I'm a helper, I'm a connector, and I work really diligently to be intentional about that. How about you, Justin? Because you had mentioned the mentor. So I want to, you know, you mentor people, but how is it, do people mentor you? Uh, absolutely. So ironically, for about the first 10 years of my business, you know, I really wasn't using any coaching. And then when I started with my first coach, he asked, he said, when did you feel like you were most successful? And I said, that's easy. It was always, you know, when I was in sports, when I was playing, you know, football or basketball, whatever it was. And so well, don't you find that ironic that you had a coach leading you and shaping you the whole time, but then you thought you could get into business and just bow. And it was kind of that light bulb moment. I realized how important curiosity is and that constant seek for knowledge. So like now I have a personal trainer, a finance coach, faith coach, somebody that I kind of talk to about 
overall family, like arcing issues. And I really do. It's I try to seek out people that are living the life or doing the thing, walk on the walk that I'm trying to get to. And honestly, with the power of social media, you can, you know, the worst case, you shoot your shot and they tell you to kick rocks. But a lot of times people see, they'll kind of do their research. They look at who you are, gauge your character. And thankfully for me, I think a lot of times people see a little piece of themselves in me and that's where the connection starts. And then thankfully they, you know, they take that next step with me and start to mentor me. But it's honestly one of the most important things in life. There's nothing worse than that. than like going to know it all. You know, it's, we constantly, I've realized how much I don't even know that I don't know. And since I've opened myself up to that concept, life has gotten so much better. I, I never understand how you're right about the know-it-all. Like, don't they know that they don't know it all? Like you ever, like, you know, you want to, you can learn every day. I mean, like me, you know, you, I go to YouTube. I couldn't cut a mango. I, I screwed up the mango. I went to YouTube. I said, how to cut a mango. Now I know how to cut a mango. So I learned something that day. And it may be something so trivial, but I learned it. Now, as I said earlier, we network. What do you hate about networking? Like, I hate clicks, okay? Like, Justin, I always said, you're in Harvest. Harvest is a group, okay? If I go to an event, if I see you, if I see Devin, if I say Turpin, or if I see Linda, you're not all going to huddle in a corner, you know, and and – not talk to me, you know, and you're not, but I, there's things I hate like that, but what do you hate? Well, not hates a strong word. Uh, what do you dislike? We'll start with you, Joe. What do you dislike about networking? Cause as you said, you wear it on your sleeve, but to me, you always come across as a very easygoing guy. And of course, both you and Justin have advantage cause you're both tall. So when you walk in the room, people gravitate towards you. Me, I'm bald. They run away from me. That's why I wear hats. But what is, uh, what do you not like about networking? Like what's your pet peeve, Joe? I, I mean, I, I don't like the clicky, you know, people that just go into their clicks. I also, I just don't like people that aren't real either. Like when somebody comes up to me and is talking to me and then I'm talking, if they're not even listening to me, it's almost like they're looking past me to the next like business card they're going to get. Or so I, I, I don't like people that aren't real. Um, I don't feel like I encounter that too often. Um, I mean, most of the time I, I enjoy the, the networking events I'm at, you know, I, I guess I can, I can talk to anybody. I'm interested in meeting new people. Um, but I guess if, if somebody's not real, that would really bother me. And I would, I would see it right away. How about you, Justin? I think the forced intro with lack of thought. So like you walk in the room, it's always, it's that double-edged sword, right? Cause it's a huge compliment. Cause somebody's like, Hey, I just want to meet somebody who's well networked. And they're like, Oh, there's Justin. We should meet him. But when they haven't put any thought into like, what's the reciprocal value going to be? You kind of just put me in this corner where it's like, oh, Justin's going to be able to shotgun blast all these intros. He's going to bring all this value, which is the end goal. But like, hey, how will we get to know each other? And you tell me why we should even be speaking right now. And sometimes it's getting a little awkward and you're in the conversation and you're like, okay, you're, you're kind of fishing for clues. What are we doing here? How can I help you? Why was this a good thought? You know, those ones are tough, but to your point, even more so, it's, it's definitely... I don't like when people stand in circles in general. I don't know if you've ever noticed when I, when I'm networking, I like constantly move. It might be like an ADD side, but I hate to have my back to people. And there's nothing worse than walking up and there's like four people with their back to you, two people kind of looking at, you know, the one and you're like, how do I break through this Berlin wall and get in there without seeming like, you know, the asshole was jumping in the middle of the room and be like, Hey, nice to meet everybody. 
that's also that's a pet peeve of mine when you go up to a group of people and you know someone and they don't introduce everyone i always i was always brought up introduce everyone you come up and i'm an over introducer i'd be at bars drunk in la and i'd be hey you know jim you know jay yeah we met him like five times steve put the bottle down but it's just one of those things that you know i do that for you grace what is it that that you're that that is your pet peeve or you just don't like well, I'm definitely still working wet my way through navigating and the learning curve of being a, a good networker. I'm still figuring out kind of how to be a pro like these guys. Um, but I would just say that in general, networking comes with a certain sense of discomfort. You're kind of navigating a space and a lot of people that you're meeting for the first time. And a lot of it is fluff and a lot of it is fake. And in order to kind of find some of the diamonds that fall out, you have to be able to kind of force yourself through that. And um, I've walked away from some of those networking events and, and met some really fantastic, I met Steve at a networking event, you know? So I, I wanna ask you, okay, as we talk about people in networking, you know, we all get partners in business. We, you know, we, we, ch we choose who we wanna work with, who we wanna give referrals to. For me, uh, some characteristics I look for in people is honesty and integrity. Those two things are very important to me. And we talked about this last week and someone's like, no, you don't, you don't know right off the bat, but they're for me important. So if someone has integrity, you know, they're, you just know they're good people. And if they're honest, they're not gonna bullshit you. What are some characteristics, Justin, you, uh, Look in people, Justin. What are seriously? What are some characteristics like? I integrity, and honesty are important to me. What are some characteristics that are important for you that you will sit there and go, "I trust this person to refer work to them, and I'm not going to get screwed over." I mean, honestly, for me, a lot of times it's as simple as like, just don't be an asshole, right? If we can have a conversation, we can get past a few moments, and we can exchange. You know, I, I feel like I'm a pretty good judge of character overall with people, and I can typically tell by how our conversation starts, what's happening in the middle, and how it ends. So when people just talk business the entire time, that's also kind of a pet peeve of mine. You know, there's many layers to who I am, especially if you follow my social media. I put almost all of it out there. I'm constantly on the microscope. But, you know, ask about the family. Let's see how else we can connect I can't tell you how many times I helped somebody because they found out about my health journey or my faith or my child being on the spectrum or, and we connect on a whole different level and we become, you know, pretty friendly through that. And then the business flows. But once we start to be partnering, the biggest thing for me, because our, our company's core value really is to kind of, you know, to over exceed the expectation of what customer service is. So if your business doesn't do that, I've had partners in the past that they were great people but their internal staff just couldn't pick up the phone to the same level, provide that same level of service and certainty that you know, a lot of our team does. And that's a deal breaker for me, because if you're just a technology based thing where the service kind of the back uh, part of it, you know, it's just not going to work out because our people trust us so much. And we were very high with most of our partners on their closing rate for referral. And it's because they trust us. So you can't, uh, misplace that trust and lose it because obviously that's going to poorly affect me at the end of the day. How about, how about you, Joe? Yeah. I, I mean, I think I, I definitely need to get to know somebody before I'd refer them um, to somebody else for business. So I, I have to meet them. Usually I'll, I'll connect with somebody at a networking event and then have coffee with them and then really have an opportunity to get to know them better or have lunch, you know, just some time where you can truly connect and learn more about them, like Justin said, 
you know, about their personal side, about their family, about their values. Um, Cause it, you know, it, for me, especially people trust me and if I'm introducing them and, and giving my word about somebody in business and then they go and, and do something bad and, and hurt their business, it, it affects me too. Uh, and that's the last thing I want to do. So for me, you know, I like to meet people at a networking event. I feel like it's it's a little bit superficial at those events uh, until you get that next meeting where you can really meet who they are. And you know, if I make that initial connection with somebody, then I'll then I'll have that second meeting. If I don't, then you know, we just what, work. What are some characteristics? I mean, to me, it's the way they the, you know nonverbals are big to me. Are they looking in my eyes? Are um, are they listening to me? You know, are we having a conversation or does it seem like they're just trying to get, you know, a connection and then run off to the next one and collect as many business cards as they can? Like when I go to a networking event, if I only meet two or three people, but they're real good, solid discussions and connections, that's that's more important than coming out with 10 business cards. How about you, Grace? I think some of that is just having the ability to read the room and kind of just going off of your gut instinct with the vibe of, you know, when you feel someone has integrity, you know, why is that? A lot of times I know immediately I connect one on, you know, that, that organic level or if you don't when it comes to, um, you know, South Jersey and all the businesses. I have a lot of businesses that, uh, you know, market with me. And when it comes to recommendations and referrals, you know, reputations are built around town and South Jersey is a fishbowl. So for better or for worse, reputation is it's so important um, because I learn very quickly the people who I'm like, oh, I don't know that I should refer this person because I'm that tuned in and connected in town. So and if it's not great feedback, like I hear about it and it's unfortunate because then I, you know, I can't just go about, I have to be cautious about just like all of us do who we're going to recommend. I have, I have one final question. You know, you, you've all been in business for a while, different avenues, you work different jobs. You know, I think Josh, you've been pretty much, you know, you've pretty much been in the company the whole time, but you know, but you, that's your, that's your birthright. That's what you do. That's what you were brought up with. And it's, it's great. But what would you, and I'll start with you, Joe, because you've had a, you had the corporate job and now you're on your own. Someone coming out of college, okay, they're coming out of college, they're bushy-tailed and bright-eyed and I don't know what kind of shit they're going to go through eventually. What's some advice you would give to them to sit there and, and just to get started and to get established and just to find a career path? What would you tell them? Yeah, so... You know, I tell my kids to find what you're passionate about. I mean, I, I really, truly believe that it, it sounds cliche, but find something that you're really interested in and love doing, because if it's if it's a job that you love, then it doesn't feel like a job. Um, so first, find what it is that really interests you and that you're passionate about. And I did I spoke uh, to college students at, at Rutgers, a finance uh, class, and I said, you need to find a mentor uh, when you get into a business find somebody that's been in that business for a longer time and, you know, ask if, if they can help mentor you. Um, they're going to start pointing out just within that business, the things you should, should do and things you should avoid how they got to where they got. Um, you can really learn from them what their path was uh, and if it's a path that you want to follow. Uh, so uh, I think it's finding something you're passionate about and then finding a mentor. What if you find out what you're passionate about 
you're not going to make money. Like, what if you're passionate about being a juggler? I mean, what would you say to your kids? I mean, I mean, would you sit there as a parent? Would you try to? Because I Scott Galloway. I don't know if well, that sounds like that. a hobby. Okay. <laughs> not, no, okay, but so so you so you okay, but no, okay, but so you you would understand. You would tell your kids. I know you're passionate about juggling, but there's no money in it, and yeah. you're not going to make a career. Oh, I would. Right. Okay, that's good yeah. though. Okay, so how about how about you, Grace? What what would you tell someone? I think um, take massive action, you know, do everything that you can to get your feet wet, follow your passion, but don't be afraid to move on to the next thing. I fell into what I do now by doing everything I hated first. So by trying it and being like, I'm not made for, re I used to work for University of Michigan uh, Institute for Social Research. Research and I are probably not a fit, but I learned that through doing those things and then realizing, wow, people actually make a great job out of what I'm great at, which is building relationships. And so by doing all those jobs that weren't a fit, I figured out kind of what a fit was for me and the massive action piece. Like you can't sit at home afraid to, to move the needle and do the next thing. You have to keep it moving and, uh, and kind of turn the noise down because, because there's a lot of noise. All right. How about you, Justin? So I'm going to go a little against Joe there. I, I, I would agree passion's uh, definitely uh, important to it, but I'm a firm believer of double down on what you're good at. So really, whatever skills that you have that you're good at, really make those even finer and better skills. And something so simple that most people overlook is start to develop daily habits. Right? This is something that I didn't do until a few years ago, but like health, Super important. When you're healthy, when you're in shape and you walk in the room, you command a little bit of a different respect and you bring a different energy into where you go. It's also hard. So as you were saying earlier with the kids, I have to work out at 5 a.m. every day because that's the only thing that doesn't take away from my family time, doesn't take away from the business. And it also helps center me and kind of get me ready for the day so I can bring the best version of me. So, you know, it's figuring out what things kind of bring you energy into the day. Because, you know, doing the, the working out, you know, watching YouTube videos on things that you're good at, that you can get better at, um, you know, you're going to have to do some of these things. Like everybody who's in sales, nobody loves to make the 50 phone calls a day, sending the emails, making social media posts. But you have to build these disciplines, to Grace's point, where the things that you maybe don't love to do, you have to do it. Right. I talk a lot on our shows and stuff that you can either choose your suffering or life's going to hand you suffering. So choose to suffer a little bit every day. That way when you get that curveball from life, you can handle it. It doesn't just completely break you. Oh, there you go. Well, you know, guys, I want to thank you for coming on today. Everyone give your info. I'm going to around Joe. How can people get in touch with you? Yeah. So you can email me at joe at tabsnj.com. Okay. Or my website's tabsnj.com as well. How about you, Grace? Uh, you can email me at ghopper at best version media or follow me at Collingswood Living, Facebook, Instagram. And you, Justin? You can check out the website, paydayes.com. Uh, as Steve alluded to, I have a, a podcast, Millennial Outliers. Um, you can catch me Thursday mornings on Morning Coffee with RV and TV. I'm on every social media platform. It's either Justin Deal or on the Instagram, it's jdeal6972. A lot of my info is right next to me. Snag any of that. 
All right, uh, people, uh, you can uh, follow me. Just go to LinkedIn. It's Steve Cooper because my Facebook is uh, is only for my friends. Sorry, people. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to sound bad. But you can email me at thecooptank at yahoo.com. Go to YouTube. Go to YouTube. Google. I'm not Google. Search the Coop Tank and subscribe and comment and watch all the episodes. And they were talking about coaches. Well, you know, if you're a podcaster, right? you know, I've done over a thousand interviews with major celebrities. So if you have a podcast and you want to, you want to become a better interviewer, reach out to me, the coop tank at yahoo.com. And I want to thank Joe Ganjemi. If you have a, if you want to start a podcast, me and Joe will work with you to help start a podcast, but you got to reach out to Joe Ganjemi. He's the best in town. He produces this, this uh, show because because he's great. So check him out. Me alone at hello at sweet recording. S U S I'm, I'm losing it today. S U I T E recording.com. I'm Steve Cooper. You have a great weekend and I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>